Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. Today is Thursday, January 14, 2021. I hope you are well wherever you are. And I would like to thank you for being the listeners of this program. Uh, the My A1 Day 1s know... How's that for a middle-aged white guy using that expression? Hmm? Pretty fucking cheesy. <laughs> but the people who've listened to the program for uh, close to 40 episodes now know that I, for a couple months I think now, have been off of social media and have not been publicizing the podcast in any way other than just posting it. And the audience is growing and is composed of you all telling your friends and just being a supporter. And I really appreciate that. And I want, what I'm trying to say is, I want you to know that because I'm not spamming the world with, uh, which I should be doing, as I've said, I should be more ambitious and try to get it in as many hands or ears, I suppose, as possible. But what I really appreciate is you are the people who have come to it on your own. And that means that you're not just somebody who was uh, happened to pass through my Instagram feed or, uh, and don't get me wrong, I will make a social media post on the 50th episode. But I think we're close to 40 now through largely organic growth. And that means, I believe, we have a sincere engagement. And later on, when other people who I do spam into coming to the program, you can hate on them and or hate on me. <laughs> Be like, I liked the podcast back in the day when it was more anti-Semitic. And whatever else, you know, your band, your favorite band when it breaks and other people come to it, you're like, ah, dude, they, you know, Nevermind is okay, but if you really like Bleach, no, Bleach is not as good as Nevermind. It's it's just not. The sound is all cavernous and weird. The Nevermind sound is too polished, absolutely, I agree with you. And how good would Nevermind, <clears throat> excuse me, sound if it were recorded like in utero? Can you imagine that? I don't want you to, uh, uh, what's the point of this? The, to allude to the Nirvana catalog? No. Just let you know that you're here because you, with greater, and now I'm trying to figure out what's in your hearts and your heads. Anyway, I appreciate you being here and the fact that you're here and I didn't have to spam you to be here means something to me. Okay. I'm a, I'm a sensitive old soul. So thank you for being here. And the other day I fell into a just a mess of, uh, not a mess, a long protracted conversation about uh, that medical condition that affects men. Only men get that medical condition. And I wanted to, what I want, and I kept saying, oh, there was something else I wanted to talk about. And I'm not going to talk about it too long today because there's something else I want to talk about. So it's just like a, what I'm giving you is just like pop-up windows. Tabula. <laughs> Drivers in Atlanta need to know these five things. Here are some titties. <laughs> I'm just giving you pop-up windows. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying what I'm going to say. Well, that's effective communication, you know. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them that and then tell them what you told them. A lot of that applies to joke structure, right? Here's my statement, here's my support, and here is more support 
telling you what I just told you. I feel like I just eroded the organic growth as you're like, fuck this pop-up window meta commentary on the thing as it's happening. You're right. So here's what I wanted to talk about. Sometime in the past, I talked, I, I, I was shitting on Netflix because the guy who runs it said, we don't, we're not in the business of speaking truth to power, okay? Even though we want, we're going to put all these quasi-edgy documentaries on your service and make you think like, but we're not going to really do that. And you know what? We're not going to put out the documentary that this guy whose name I know now, his name is, and let's call him that, Academy Award winner Brian Fogle is his name. Fogle? <laughs> Isn't that, uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't remember the kid's name from Superbad. I remember them calling him Faggle, but what Fogle's real name is? McLovin. Thank you. Goodness gracious. It startled me for a second. How could I not remember McLovin? Academy Award winner Brian Fogle has made a documentary about the our ally, United States allies, the Saudi Arabians, uh, murdering, killing, and dismembering uh, a one of their own citizens, Jamal, and I've gotten a little more insight into maybe how you pronounce his name. And for those of you who do listen, you know I struggle with, I want to be respectful, but I also don't want to sound like a fucking wanker who goes into a restaurant and says, yes, may I have some more guacamole? Like, just, can I get some more guac, please? I want to say, I want to be respectful of your culture, but I don't want to sound like I don't want to make it more awkward by being that dude who's all gymnastic about it. And you're like, well, I'm from Pakistan. It's fucking called Pakistan, so say Pakistan. All right, well, fuck you, and I'm sorry you're from Pakistan. I don't know anything about Pakistan, but uh, name a city in Pakistan. Go. <laughs> you go, and uh, we'll get, I'll get, you can get back to me later on name a city. Name a city in Pakistan. Name more than one city in Afghanistan. Anyway, this guy, the way the guy says, the reporter's name, when I've been saying Khashoggi, uh, it seems like it may be more appropriate to say Khashoggi. Khashoggi? Anyway, this reporter, who was a Saudi citizen, Jamal Khashoggi, worked for the Washington Post, which is a United States newspaper, and he was killed in the Saudi embassy, his own embassy. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be among my own people in Istanbul. I'm get, I'm, I'm. Don't worry, I'm getting to it. He was killed. He was in Istanbul with his uh, fiance, and he's like, I'm gonna go into the embassy here and get this document about our. See if we can get a marriage license or something. I don't know what. <laughs> But he in Istanbul, which is one of the great cities in the world, it's so awesome. He goes into the Saudi embassy, like like you being in Amsterdam and going into the U.S. embassy, uh, except if you're an American, and you never come out. He never came out. They killed him. His own people killed him and dismembered him. And I got to say, I was talking about this with my wife. 
we need to remember what killing a reporter means. I'm not going to get into it and go into a big fucking rant. Now it seems like, oh, yeah, well, we kill reporters. But not that long because everything is authoritarian. But not that long ago, killing a reporter is a really, 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 really big deal. It's the freedom of the press. It's the, okay, I am. I said I'm not going to go into a rant. But he worked for the Washington Post. Doesn't I don't know if it matters. Does it matter that it was owned by that it's owned by Jeff of Amazon? Probably. Yeah, of course it does. And if I were smarter, I would tell you how. But maybe the documentary will. He was killed, and then the U.S. was like, "Yeah, well, the president of the United States said well, they don't know who did it because." We love Saudi Arabia, I think for oil, and I think also because they give us a ton of money for uh, weapons of uh, war. I think that's why. I don't know. Saudi Arabia seems sketchy as fuck. I'll say that. I said it. Yeah, they seem... Was that bold of me? (laughs) Like, the Lakers are pretty good. Whoa, he went out on a... I can't believe. Come to the Get A My Act Together podcast for that kind of take. I don't think that's a hot take. I think somebody explained to me a hot take is something you you say that's intentionally provocative. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Saudi Arabia is sketchy, and you're in your car it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. I better turn this up. <laughs> no shit. What intrigues me about Saudi Arabia and our relationship with them is we don't seem to give a shit that they're sketchy. And, well, dude, the world's sketchy, and who's sketchier than us? I know, I know. I have something interesting I want to talk about, so I'm going to pull the plane, the Saudi F fighter jet, whatever. I'm going to pull it out of this ditch. I think just about everyone who blew up the World Trade Center and crashed a plane into the Pentagon and a field in Pennsylvania were Saudis. But we're like, no, the problem is Iraq. Let's let's go fuck around over there for a couple decades and see what happens. No, wait, isn't Saddam Hussein on our team? Well, he was when we were fighting Iran. See, I got that one right, Iran. But that doesn't seem wanky. If I, You sound like a tool if you say Iran. Like, Iran has come up. Like, they were the Persian Empire. We can say their name correctly. But Pakistan, respectfully to all my Pakistani listeners, uh... You just need to raise your fucking game and we'll say, you know, get in the news in the United States more and us uh, Anglophile, exceptionalist Americans will learn how to say the name of your country correctly like we do about Iran. Why don't... All right. Dude, yes, Saddam Hussein was not... He was our boy when we were fighting Iran. But then we switched over and we're like, hey, dude what's the deal here like oh fuck now we're gonna invade you for 20 years nothing happened to saudi arabia as far as i could tell and you're like well you're a fucking idiot because a bunch of shit i don't think it did and then saudi arabia murdered poor jamal khashoggi and this guy brian fogel made oscar-winning film director brian fogel made a documentary about it and I saw the preview, and is that <laughs> is that the punchline? Is that the culmination of that tour? Is 
And I saw the preview for it. Oh my gosh, it's called The Dissident. The Dissident by Brian Fogel. This show is not sponsored by Brian Fogel. Today's show is sponsored by J. Roddy Walston and The Business. One of my favorite bands. I just learned... I can hear my daughter above playing on a drum. Beating a drum. J. Roddy Walston and The Business, one of my favorite bands I just learned broke up a year ago. And much like Slayer, like, oh, already? Slayer was only around for fucking 43 years. J. Roddy Walston and The Business have been around for like 18 years. I have three of their complete albums. One is called J. Roddy Walston and The Business, which I think is my favorite. I like their early stuff. The second one is called that I have is called Essential Tremors which has one of my all-time favorite songs, starting the song, starting the album. Back in the day, you would call that a, a side one, track one. Or what is the first song on the first side? What leads off the album? Well, for J. Roddy Walston and the business on Essential Tremors, it's a song called Heavy Bells. And then their last record was different and uh, an evolution, let's say. I think it was called Destroyers of the Soft Life. Anyway, I just learned... That J. Roddy Walsh in the business is no longer a band. And uh, shout out to them for doing it for 18 years. And if you like kind of a white boy, not even white boy, I a white boy, white boogie, woogie. This, just saying boogie woogie does not sound <laughs> au courant in 2021. Anyway, if you want to check them out, please do. This podcast is not brought to you by Brian Fogel's The Dissident but I watched the preview of it. And he just wants to get into it and say, like, what the fuck happened here? How is How are we killing journalists? And why are we, it looks like, uh, allowing the Saudis to get away with killing not only one of their own citizens, uh, our allies, and uh, but also someone who works for one of the flagship newspapers in the United States of America. It's a big deal to me, a former reporter, uh, someone who greatly values the work that reporters do, and who is, as you can tell, obsessed with freedom of information and uh, has a little thing for hypocrisy, considering Saudi... Anyway, and the fact that it happens in Turkey is like a bonus because I have a fondness also for... Istanbul and some Turkish things not the regime that's not what I'm talking about but it's Istanbul's badass badass that's all I can say and uh, and the fact that it happened in Turkey I think adds a bit of like well the US and the Saudis will want to cover this up and not say shit and not really sort of face up to the dirtiness involved here but Turkey's like, dude, we're fucking dirty. We'll tape record the whole thing and just put out the the transcript and show you what happened. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> we're not afraid of either of you. Anyway, so I went on a big thing the other day about how Netflix was not going to put this documentary out because they're not in the business of uh, holding truth to power. And I thought they were afraid of Saudi Arabia, and maybe they are, but also maybe they're afraid of the U.S. government, who, you know, will get get it up their ass to uh, to say, hey, Netflix. I, I don't know what, but I saw the... I, I, this is the punchline. I saw the trailer, and I can't wait to watch it. 
I'm going to watch it in like half speed. And and you know what? This is where I empathize with QAnon because all I'm doing in watching Academy Award winning director Brian Fogel's visionary documentary, The Dissident, is I'm just trying to confirm what I already believe. <laughs> the world is sketchy. Uh, the country is not the one that I was told about when I grew up. And uh, Saudi Arabia and whatever else are sketchballs too. And we profit from that, and that's the way of the world. So I get it, QAnon. I'm doing the same thing. I'm just looking for information that's going to support what I already believe. And I'm so excited. This I get the appeal of believing in... But it's not something that was made up on 4chan. This is actually something that happened. And this is actually something that... There's a bit of vetting, right? There's an Academy Award-winning filmmaker who's going to make this doc... who's made this documentary that has caused these mega corporations to not want to put it out. That's probably a little more uh, where there's smoke, there's fire than, you know, some fucking knucklehead theory on the internet. Respectfully. I said that respectfully. I know it's very important to you what Q does. By the way, Q, does Q, is there any better job in the world than Q? Because... (laughs) <laughs> you can say whatever you want and you never have to be right. You don't have to <laughs> you don't have to prove your point. You can just say it and everybody's like, fuck yeah, Q. It's like, whew, I thought I thought at the, you know, the Q's sitting there like, alright, well, I'm gonna put this out, this statement to the masses. Surely they're gonna recognize I'm talking out of my ass. And everybody's like, No, we got you, Q. <laughs> Q's like, ooh, I thought they were gonna catch me on this one. That was the really important thing that I needed to talk about the other day, is that the movie is coming out. Like I've said previously, man, this is fucking COVID life, where events in your life are trailers to documentaries that you see at night when you're half-buzzed, falling asleep. It's We, we gotta get back to being fucking outside. What I wanted to talk to you about today is I'm thinking about putting together, (laughs) polishing a resume and applying to the Central Intelligence Agency. I am not bullshitting you. I am 100% sincere when I say that. I am thinking of applying to work at the CIA because they're hiring. (laughs) <laughs> and I read in a magazine, I've mentioned before, I, uh, my mom was nice enough to get me an annual subscription to The Economist, which is uh, uh, just it makes me feel like I know more about what's going on in the greater world out of the United States, which I like to do. It's not an anti-U.S. statement. I just like to know what's going on, and I like the tone of it. It has a dry... Englishness to it, and uh, I enjoy reading it. But they have, and like every magazine, and it comes in a magazine into my mailbox, and I, I leaf through the magazine until my daughter tries to destroy it. 
like any magazine like that that's loaded with information, it's impossible to take it all in before the next issue arrives. That is if you're, you know, busy like I am. But at the beginning of The Economist, or, or you know, a few pages in, they post these. You can tell who's they some snaz, much snazzier than, than I, people listening or reading it. Because they have, like, these ads for these really esteemed positions, it seems. These job, just a couple pages of, it says executive focus. So, like, there'll be a, someone who's... I don't know. We're looking for someone to run this museum in Copenhagen, and you need to... Is that right? Copenhagen? Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Sounds better. We're looking for someone to run this museum, and you might have the international... Or we're running, looking for someone to run a, a think tank in Munich, or we're looking for for senior executives with experience working in the Middle East and Africa because some whatever in Cairo is looking for a strategic advisor or something. So these are like highfalutin positions. And also this week or this episode, this episode, this whatever you call it, an issue of a magazine I have, it has the CIA. And it says right at the very top, a mission like no other and it's it's an it's an ad for the CIA the CIA is hiring and i'm i i'm really intrigued by the idea of applying my wife thinks i'm doing it only for a bit and that's not true she also thinks there's no way i would get hired and I don't think that's true either. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? And what are you talking about? I think, to be honest with you, that the events in our country over the last handful of years, culminating in whatever happened at the U.S. Capitol last week, whatever happened, we all saw what happened. And by the way, is anybody else with me when you heard that Britney Spears' ex-husband was involved? Did anybody else experience a tremendous wave of relief when you realized it was not K-Fed? The goat. <laughs> I was like, come on, K-Fed? You're better than that. And it turns out she had another ex-husband that I didn't know about. Uh, that's how deep I go with Britney. But free Britney, I think. I don't understand that whole situation. And you're like, well, then shut the fuck up about it. And you know what? Fair enough. I won't. But I was relieved. I'm like, what did K-Fed just skateboard down there in his cargo shorts and his beer belly and just, you know, take America back again? That would, if K-Fed would have been there, that would have been the, that would have been perfect irony. I don't know. I know in baseball there's a perfect game. I'm sure there's like perfect zero gravity whatever that means, K-Fed protesting at the Capitol would have been, like, you, because nobody won life more than K-Fed. I mean, I don't even know his number, <laughs> but I'm sure if you get a few into Britney, you're going to have a number forever. 
and you're K-Fed, the backup dancer or whatever. You did it. So, well, and you're like, well, yeah, he wasn't at the Capitol. He was fucking in Malibu, probably, like, with somebody much younger. Shout out to K-Fed, the GOAT. He did it. He won. And he ultimately was not at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, scrolling through Instagram in the, what's called the crypt, I think it's called. No, it's not the crypt. I, I was referring to it as the Senate, and it's not that. It's something else. The rostrum. <laughs> I don't know, but now there are 20,000 National Guard troops sleeping inside the U.S. Congress, U.S. Capitol. I don't know why they're sleeping. I mean, I know why they're fucking sleeping. But when asked about that, like they didn't have accommodation or something, or the the spokespeople were like, no, 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 they're actually on duty right now. <laughs> That's a great fucking gig. If you can sleep while you're working, shout out to you. Which is the KFED story, <laughs> sleep while you work. I once had a job where I slept at work. I worked as a stock boy. Have I ever talked about this? And I'm not going to. I'm going to get back to CIA. I worked as a stock boy at Bloomingdale's in Philadelphia. And when I say Philadelphia, I mean Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, which is outside of the city of Philadelphia. After I ran away from home, drove across the country, and lived in the basement of a family I'd never met before, I got a job working at the Bloomingdale's in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, and because the work started so early in the morning, for me, uh, you know, six or something like that, I would get tired. (laughs) So uh, during the day, I would go find a, and the CIA is listening to this, so uh, keep this in mind when you're considering my application. I would go find a uh, stock room in the mega store, and uh, usually in like men's underwear, not men's underwear, men's furnish, men's furnishings, I don't know, something, anyway, and just build myself a nice little cot of uh, F- Bloomingdale's, the men's store fitted shirts, and then like uh, some boxers that were like overstock, and I just feather myself a nice little bed <laughs> in the stock room and uh, take a nap. <laughs> I, that's That was my peak. I, I once had a life where I was sleeping at work you can't you can't do better than that <laughs> kfet i don't know why those guys were sleeping but they maybe they were bust in for 40 hours or something and they were exhausted but guys and girls i know and are there trans people in the military i don't know anyway but i thought it was funny that the spokesperson was like hey why are those people sleeping and they're like no 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 it's fine they're they're, they're at work right now. <laughs> Good for them. The Capitol, the horror show, and the great sadness that I feel for my anger, of course, and great sadness that I feel for my country, I liken it to my interest in this CIA position. And I'm not bullshitting you. This is not just for a bit. My interest in the CIA, I think, is A, because I saw an advertisement. (laughs) I'm just like a cat that watches something go by. Hey, that piece of pollen wasn't there 10 minutes ago. Now it's my whole life. (laughs) No, wait, there's lint coming too. Holy shit. (laughs) 
But like I, I remember hearing tell of people in this country who felt a great calling after September 11th, which was largely uh, committed, by the way, by Saudis, Saudi people. Not all of them, and I'm not trying to be racist or whatever, nationalist, but Saudis had some fucking blood on their hands. And uh, it was orchestrated by Usama bin Laden, who, uh, pretty sure he might have been Saudi. Uh, or he's from fucking Detroit. I don't know. And I don't mean like Dearborn, like I'm trying to do some Islamic, that's where they all are bullshit. So, guy in MAGA hat over there in his car is like, you're goddamn right he was from Dearborn. I'm not saying that, you simple-minded prick. But we we trained bin laden we styled him out in afghanistan and he's like you know what fuck you guys too but there were people called to join the military after 911 after the horror of 911 and i think that's what causes me to approach a position as a cia i like like to serve my country, whatever that means. Just, well, I mean, they're like, dude, you have to know what that means if you're going to apply. And also, they have part-time positions. But I think that's part of what it is. Like, you know, fuck all this. I have no experience in civil service. Why don't I try to work at the CIA? Doing what? Making America great? No, doing the fucking right thing for the United States of America. Well, what's that? Uh, well, creating, living up to the fucking ideals. How about that? Reducing income inequality. All right, this is none. Let's just get back to why I was looking. I'm like, because I feel like, I feel like, I I'm not the person to save the United States of America. As you know. But something along those, something, and, and it's still it's still germinating, I suppose. It's something, and then also probably, you know, want to have, have like, let's say 40% of my interest in the CIA. <laughs> CIA is because I fucking saw an ad and was bored at night while I was drinking and didn't have anything else to do about it. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I should uh, apply to the CIA. COVID's going to, I mean, you can work from home. I don't know if you can work from home or not, but... We're not going anywhere for at least this whole year. Why don't I see if I can work at the CIA? So, let's be honest. 40% of it is like, ah, what the fuck? But let's say 30% of it also is like, somebody has to be the fucking adult in this country. Don't we? Don't we have to have an adult? And they're like, well, we just had an election to put two new adults in there. And they're eminently more qualified than you are. So then maybe it is like, and then, so that's 30%, and then 40, 30, 20. I just want to see if I can get hired. <laughs> and everyone listening probably is aligned perfectly with my wife, who's saying, not a chance in hell. I want to just put my name on a resume and send it in and say, you already know everything about me. Are you going to hook me up or what? I think there's an opportunity, and I would like to read what the ad says and let you know why I think it might be an opportunity. It says at the very top, a mission like no other. 
the Central Intelligence Agency. The Central Intelligence Agency, Central Intelligence Agency seeks high performing. Yeah, I can be that. I'm I can high perform. I've performed highly many times in my life, so I think that doesn't rule me out. High performing patriotic professionals. Can you define patriotic? I fucking love where I, I love, how do you say it? I love my country, but I hate, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't love the government and I don't like religion. Can I still be patriotic? I love the idea of the country. Is that patriotic? What's the idea? Well, not the idea of like white people being in charge of everything forever. But I like the, you know, here's what I'm patriotic about. The bullshit that you tell the world <laughs> we are. <laughs> That's what I fucking dig. Come here. Grind. Make money. Bring up your family. Improve your generation. All that shit. Also, we ever going to address the fucking slavery question and what happened back then and what's impact now? Let's fucking do that. Oh, well, now white people are concerned about there being white nationalism in the military and all the police forces and black people are like, yeah, motherfuckers, we've been telling you that since about 1870. All right. So is that patriotic? I want to live up to the... That's If, if we define patriotism as I would like this country to live up to the bullshit lie that it tells the world, then yes, I'm fucking down by law. This is... I imagine part of the interview process too, but I feel like if you if you get through my bullshit, you hear hopefully where my head and my heart are, or maybe I presume that they are too. Maybe I presume that is that. What do I presume? I presume a that it's apparent how I really feel and think, and then b that it's right. <laughs> and the latter is probably you're like no, it what you think is not right. <laughs> And we're just listening because, uh, you know, we're fucking bored, too. So, I, I anyway, thank you for listening. But if it is living up, all right. High-performing, patriotic professionals with a diverse range of backgrounds, skill sets, and life experiences. Yes, I have all of that. I have a diverse range of, well, I don't have a, I've done a lot of shit. I've done a lot of different things. Skill sets, life experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I have a deep and rich knowledge of stand-up comedy. <laughs> I have a deep and rich knowledge of psychology. I have a deep and rich knowledge of... Uh, like the Magic Johnson era Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I have a fucking skill set, dude. I can write well. I can... Uh, this is not the right time to say I think I speak and present well because you're like, no, you can't do that at all. Life experience is to serve the United States by advancing the agency's mission as the nation's first line of defense. Well, fuck yes. Yes, I would love to defend this nation. From whom? From, well, it seems like our biggest threat right now is us. So, yes, but I would love to defend us from us. That's absolutely. And I also like the idea of defense. 
I'm not an offensive person. This podcast is about the most offense. I'm not going to be like, this is the most offensive thing I do. I mean, the podcast is like the most offensive. Like I'm, I'm being proactive and putting out what I think and feel. But I'd be just about, I don't need to be the guy at the cocktail party or the guy in the wherever who speaks first and makes everybody hear his bullshit. I don't need to be that. You're a stand-up comic, dude, with a podcast. You need to be heard. Well, yeah, but that's that's like a controlled, that's a controlled environment. What I'm saying is I'm happy being defensive. I'm happy being sitting there, listening, and then getting involved. So it aligns with my, yeah, I don't want to go be offensive and fuck up some other country. I, I, def, playing defense is just fine with me. Except if we're talking about basketball. Because that's the only time you ever get hurt playing basketball is when you try on defense. <laughs> So, kids, if you are listening, remember, rest on defense, save your energy for offense, and uh, <laughs> date a cheerleader. Oh, that coffee is so good. Advancing the agency's mission as the first line of defense. We are interested, and here's another big hook here. We are interested in candidates available for, for full-time, part-time, and consulting opportunities both at home and overseas. Uh, yeah. Nights and weekends? <laughs> like like at a movie theater? Sure. I can after school? <laughs> what am I, 15? I can do that no problem. I worked at a movie theater when I was about 20 for three days. And uh, the Landmark Theater, Landmark Theater, in Hillcrest, yes, Hillcrest, in San Diego, California. I worked there for three days, and I was like, because I thought I was going to meet, like, some arty girls and read whatever, uh, Rambo poetry, and, uh, which is, it's a weird way, Frenchies, to, to say Rambo, okay. I worked there for three days. And like a total nit, I read the whole employee manual. And uh, on page like 562, it's like, what are we doing? We're making popcorn? And then afterward, we're using the Disneyland contraption, that, uh, that like dustpan with a stick on the end of it, to just sweep up popcorn into it. Like, why is there 562 pages? But on 561, it said... It's essentially had like an annulment clause. If you want to, you're welcome to quit working for the movie theater with no notice if you do it within five days or three days or whatever it was. And I was not enjoying the work. And also probably I saw some cute arty girls coming in to the theater who were like, ooh, gross, I don't want to hook up with him. He works in the fucking popcorn hopper. <laughs> and I was adrift. I was. It's not like I was doing that while... I was, uh, you know, in a great band that was going to blow up. I was just twiddling my thumbs trying to figure shit out. So uh, I didn't have that much. Anyway, I, so at the end of three days, I walked into the manager's office on the second floor of the Landmark Theater, and I went in, and she was like, yes? And this was before, like, mass shooting, so she didn't think I was going to shoot up the place. I said, I've read the employee manual, and I understand that uh, I have... There's a clause that allows me to 
terminate my employment without giving you notice. <laughs> CIA, you should fucking listen to this. This is the le the depth of character I have inside myself. <laughs> it's not always apparent, but sometimes it's there. <laughs> I said, I, uh, I read, and I understand I have an out clause, and I would like to exercise it right now. And with my left hand, I presented her back the uh, trapper keeper employee manual that she'd given me and someone probably had gone to uh, Kinko's earlier in the day to print copies for me and then I stuck my right hand out and I shook it and I said thank you very much for the opportunity <laughs> that's how I resigned from the movie theater and she said no one has ever done that before <laughs> and then I thought she gave me a look like there's something different about you which of course when you're 20 or a man Back to my point the other day, you're like, oh, does that mean she wants to go get a drink? Or she's just like, you're a fucking idiot, <laughs> right? But you interpret it how you interpret it. So, yes, I have a diverse set of skills, full-time, part-time consulting. Next paragraph says, for the intellectually curious adventurer looking for an unparalleled, high-impact international opportunity, fucking all of that sounds awesome. I am intellectually curious, I think. I love to say I love adventure and high impact international. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is in a different existence because now we can't go anywhere because of COVID. But yeah, I would totally love it. Uh, we offer a way of life that challenges the deepest resources of an individual's intellect, resilience, and judgment. I, I'm fucking dude. I've done some of the worst comedy shows you could imagine so yeah no worries i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lose my marbles i'm not gonna shit my pants again while no specific work background is required even better candidates with experience in business mm, not really entrepreneurship ah, just, uh, i don't know i mean i have a podcast sales marketing real estate and program management are highly desirable all right. Well, you had me at while no specific work background is required. Competitive candidates should possess the following. U.S. citizenship, three plus years of international experience. I don't have that. I was going to say I don't exactly have that. I don't have that at all. But I've traveled around the world a little bit. The desire to live, travel, and work abroad. Sure. Absolutely. Foreign language skills. Hablo español. Puedo decir cosas en español cuando necesito. ¿Dónde está el baño? Ay, güey, eres un culero. Sí, claro que sí. Soy de Oaxaca. I can speak a little Spanish with a Cuban accent. <laughs> uh, let's see. I speak, I speak a Mexican Spanish, Mexican-derived, largely Mexican-derived Spanish, from where? Nayarit, from Guerrero, from Hidalgo. That's right, three states in Mexico. So yeah, that's international experience. I know three states in Mexico. I know Oaxaca, Hidalgo, Nayarit, Sinaloa, Guerrero, did I say that twice? Matamoros? Uh, all right. So a little bit of Spanish, foreign language skill, the ability to successfully complete medical and security processing. 
Individuals must be physically located in the U.S. to apply. Take the next step. Mail your resume with a cover letter to blah, blah, blah. Box 26, blah, blah, blah. A mission like no other. Well, the question is, what do you think? Can I... I don't know about the medical part. I don't know. I think that I'm healthy, but COVID is... uh, COVID's not helped my health. My wife does not think that I will get past the security processing. Like, why do you want to work here? Well, I don't know. I'm just... (laughs) It'll help me get up earlier. (laughs) I've always wanted to follow rules. It doesn't seem... She doesn't think it's a... She said they will see through your hatred of authority immediately. And I said, well, that is what... That's what I bring to the endeavor is candid candor <laughs> i'm going to be upfront about that yes i hate authority and rules and like a child by the way i'm not saying it's right like like a child i do like a child who uh, has the restraint to not storm the capital over uh, the easter bunny not being real but i feel like am i, am I crazy i feel like if i tell them the truth also, they, they know that they have all the information. <laughs> I listen to the dead Kennedys. <laughs> they have it all. Governor Moonbeam, the secret police. Yeah, I know. But if, I, if I'm candid about that and say, look, look. And by the way, any it's just like when someone says not at this point in time. You know that you're dealing with a fucking sidewinder. When someone says look, they just mean I think I'm smarter, smarter than you. And... I know that Obama is widely celebrated for his oratory power, and the, certainly the, the speech he gave at uh, the Shell in Chicago when he was elected was, was mind-blowing and very emotional. But he says, look, far too much for my liking. Look, look, like I'm fucking better than you. Not that he's saying that, but that's how it comes across. And he also does, ah, uh, he says, um, too many times when he's talking. Really? Is that where I'm going today? Yeah, I'm an equal opportunity. That's what I notice about Obama. Why? Because, I don't know, because, you know why? Because people celebrate his oratory power, and absolutely, absolutely. He, He murdered that speech in Chicago when he was elected. But when I hear him talk now, I hear a lot of, uh, and, uh, and shit that if I did on a podcast, you'd be like, dude, you're no Barack Obama. Will I, I feel like just being candid and, and them, and then, is that, I want to say to them, the Central Intelligence Agency, that I'm doing this for the right reasons. I want to make America great, but not in the fucking way that these other people do. I feel like I feel like that's I feel like that's worthy. I th- and I'm not bullshitting. I mean the endeavor I probably would be thrown out and they wouldn't even return my call. But I want to say I want to give my whatever. Whatever I have, I would like to commit to making this a better place. <laughs> Like, well, you work for the fucking CIA, dude. You're not making it a better place. You're poisoning people in other countries. Maybe, I guess. But it seems like an opportunity for me to 
Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't, don't you? Isn't it unmistakable that everybody would want me? <laughs> God, get off of it, dude. I, if I just come right down Broadway with, yes, I do hate authority. And I don't like fucking getting up early in the morning. I'm joining. You know what? I'm joining because this will help me get up earlier. I don't like high and tight haircuts. I don't like rules. You guys have any rules? But what I'm saying is I, but what I do want is I want us to live up. I want us to fulfill the bullshit lie that we tell the world. Does that make sense? I'm sincere. Well, I... Wouldn't you want that? No, the answer is no. And Because my, my wife said, well, they'll, they'll see through your, you, you know. But I'm not going to, there's nothing to see through. I'm going to be open. And I'm sitting here with my palms up showing them my openness. I am volunteering for, <laughs> I'm volunteering for an agency that helps international refugees find their way in the United States of America on the path toward becoming citizens. Isn't that consistent? <laughs> what the U.S. government wants? <laughs> Build the wall higher, you fucking asshole. I'm trying, I want, I want us to live up to the bullshit ideal that we sell to the world. That's, that's the name of the, that's the name of the game. I want every president, not just Ronald Reagan, to call a black guy in outer space. That's what I'd like. And hopefully this was a political podcast without too much politics in it. Because I I didn't mean for, but I think I have an opportunity with the CIA. It's they part time, bro. How hard can it be? <laughs> oh God, is it total delusion? I don't know because this is COVID life, right? And I'm talking in the basement. I I don't know. Is that totally delusional? Maybe, but I'll tell you what. By the next time we chat, I will have prepared my resume such that it's ready to be sent to the CIA. And it's just like walking into, I'm like snitching on myself, aren't I? Watch him. Like on the first 48, when I used to have Twitter, I would see the first 48 at night, and then I'd go to Twitter to watch what people were saying. (laughs) Watch him tell on himself. (laughs) God, I do miss that part of Twitter. It's just like watching some show and seeing some, and, and then watching people talk about it. That was like, I don't know how people, that's a great use of Twitter, but now it seems like a sewer. Well, it was a sewer then anyway. Watch him tell on himself. Is that what I'm doing? I guess I'm doing. Like, here, make sure you dig into all my dirt, and then at the end, say, no thanks. It's a, it's a really, so I guess there's 12% of my process here that is also committed to exposing the CIA's hypocrisy. You want someone like me. 
you want, I will, I will tell you the truth. And again, you'll be like, well, your version of the truth is fucking wrong, you idiot. I don't know, I think it's not, it's an opportunity to explore something for me. The central, a mission like no other. Are you willing to risk your life for this country? Not a fucking chance in hell. Do I have to do that to to make it live up to the the message? And also, now I don't want to close on a, such a fucking sad racist note, but if oh by the way, white people are just realizing that there is white supremacy in the armed forces and law enforcement. Do. Black people still have to stand and salute the goddamn flag and pretend like a military jet flyover is not reinforcing the horrors. All right, okay. But what are we talking about? That's just all I want. Less hypocrisy. I told the truth in a job interview once because I thought that's what you want. <laughs> because I'm an idiot. If you could improve one thing about yourself, what would it be? And I thought about it and I was candid and I'm like, I want them to see that I'm honest and worth investing in. And I said, if I could improve one thing about myself, and this is the God's honest truth, it would be my singing voice. And I didn't get the job. <laughs> it had nothing to do with singing or wanting to improve your voice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go. In fairness to you, I appreciate you donating your time. If you want to donate money, you can send money to me also. I'll take it. No problem. Yes, Joe Smith on uh, whatever. Venmo. Send me money. That would be so awesome. Uh, but thank you for listening, and I will keep you posted on the CIA endeavor. And I hate to say, I don't want to say as always, because it's only been for one episode of this podcast, but... Survive, motherfuckers, and kind regards.